And uh, where, did all, where, where did it all start? You, you were going to get there, and you're going to say, that's not what it was. That's what I'm saying, and I'm the one preaching, so I can call it anything I want to. It, it is such an honor to have Brother Tommy and Sister Janelle. I walked out into the, fellow, into the fellowship hall to grab a snack, and just was shocked to see them standing there. They surprised us. And uh, just such a joy to have them in the house. They are lifetime members of the Lord's house. So you don't, just because you leave, you don't lose your membership. And they're still in good standing. Even despite our differences. See, Brother Tommy is an OU fan. And I'm a Texas fan. But we still love one another. See, you can have differences. Brother Joe sent me a video this morning. <laughs> Hilarious. I mean, just about how we can have so many things in common and then we want to focus on the one little difference. Come on, we need to focus on what we have in common and love one another. Amen? Well, we got lots of things in common, but I do like to harass him about that a little bit. But it's just such an honor to have them with And it's good to see you. If you're a first-time guest, please stop by the, uh, the information center when you go out the door to the left over in the corner. Miss Judy will meet you there. She's got a gift for you. And uh, we're just honored that you're here in the Lord's house this morning. The next two weeks is we're going to be talking about full tilt. Going all in and having God go all in for you. How many is ready for God to go all in for you? Man. So we, 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 we find the land of Israel has been in a famine. And they've been in a famine for a number of years. And food is scarce. There's no rain. There's no crops. Elijah has spoken and said, it's not going to rain until I say so. And because of this famine, now there's a drought and food is scarce. And we enter the story this morning in 1 Kings with a little widow. She's also a mama. How many mamas in the house? So you're gonna, you're, 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 your heart is going to be tugged. You're going to uh, just be touched today by what this mama's going through. Here, they're living in the midst of this famine. She's done everything that she could do to make supplies last, but she is down to the end. She is to the bottom of the barrel. And there's just enough to make one pancake. Now, I don't know about you, but one pancake just does not do it. I don't, the short stack is just not enough. But she had just enough, and she's going to make this one pancake, and then she's going to split it with her son. And they're going to enjoy their last meal, and then they're just going to hold each other and starve to death and die. This was a mama that was afraid. Mamas, have you ever been afraid? Have you ever had situations going on in your family with your children and you were afraid? So would, so, so would I. So would you. Any of us in this situation would be afraid and we don't know what to do. And, and we, as a parent, I, I can't even, even imagine what it would be like to, to see my child hungry and starving and knowing that we're going to die. But this is it. So we enter the story and God sends a man named Elijah. 
Now, when Elijah's a prophet of God, when we look in the Old Testament and we see Elijah and all the things, but here in the New Testament, Elijah is a picture, he's a type of Jesus. Oh, can I tell you what a difference it makes when Jesus enters your life? You see, this woman didn't know that there was a man of God coming. She didn't know that a prophet was coming. She didn't know that God was about to show up in her situation, in her circumstance, and she was about to have a full tilt. Things were about to shift. She was about to go from lack to more than enough. Are you ready to go from lack to more than enough? Listen, I'm telling you today... That God wants to go all in for you. So Elijah shows up. And he meets this widow woman gathering sticks. And she's getting ready to take them home. And she's going to cook her pancake and enjoy her last meal. And then God steps in. Elijah introduces himself. He has been traveling. And he tells this woman, he asks, could I have a drink of water? Could you get me a glass of water? How many knows what it's like to be thirsty and, and you just need a little drink? It's satisfying. It quenches. it. And here he's been traveling and it's dusty and it's hot and there's a drought. And he says, could you get me a drink of water? And she says, yes, sir. And she begins to walk away. And Elijah says something that rocks her world. Uh, Excuse me, ma'am, but while you're gone, could you fix me a pancake? And she said, sir, I would love to make you a pancake, but you don't understand my situation. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what you're asking of me. You don't know. Well, explain. Tell me. What's going on in your life? You see, sir, I have just enough flour and just enough oil to make one pancake. One piece of bread. One cornbread flitter. See, I don't even know what that is. Granny used to make these little cornbread flitters, throw them in the hot grease and that lace around the side. A cornbread pancake right there. But but I'm going to make just one. And it's not even going to be a big one. And me and my son, we're going to split this pancake... And then we're going to die. Because that's all we have. There's nothing else. There's no, there, there's no money to buy anything else. If there was, there's nothing else to be bought. We're in, sir, we're in a famine. Don't you understand? The economy is bad right now. Don't you understand? Inflation is at an all-time high. And my wages have not increased. Sir, I've got just enough for one pancake, and then we're going to die. And Elijah, 1 Kings chapter 17, 
Verse 13. But Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said. But make a little bread for me first. Make a pancake for me first. No, go ahead and do what you said you're going to do, but make me one first. And then, with what's left, prepare a meal for yourself and your son. I, I can just imagine this woman saying, Look, I, I know you're a man, so I'm going to explain this to you slowly. We just learned last week, women speak 30,000 words a day, men speak 15,000. Sister Janella, we found out why. Because women usually have to repeat themselves because we wasn't listening the first time. She said, sir, let me explain this to you. I only have enough flour and enough oil for one pancake. I got just enough for one We're going to make it, we're going to split it, we're going to die. There's not enough for two, there's not enough for me and you. There's just enough for me. He said, ma'am, I understand, but make me one first. How arrogant of him. How rude. I mean, why don't... Why don't he just let this woman eat her pancake and die? See, the reason the Lord doesn't want to just let you eat your pancake and die is because he's got a miracle in store for you. He's got a lifetime supply for you. But before he can get you full tilt into blessings, he needs something from you. He's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you. He said, I understand, but make me one first. Remember, Elijah is a type of Jesus, the Old Testament. Jesus is saying, me first. And we're saying, but... There's not enough for me and you. And he says, I know, but me first. And then, look. Look what happened. Look look what God did. Verse 14. For this, this is Elijah speaking to her. I understand your situation, but me first. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord send rain and the crops grow. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days And there was always enough. Say it with me. Always enough. Always enough. 
There's always enough flour, always enough olive oil in the containers. You notice that they didn't fill up. They didn't overflow. Every day she just went and there was supernatural supply. There's just enough for today, Lord, but I'm going to put you first. And there's enough for tomorrow. And there's enough for tomorrow, but I'm going to put you first, Lord. And there's enough for another day. Amen. When we put God first, there's always enough. Come on, somebody thank God for it. was a mama that was afraid and we understand that fear. What if there's not enough? This is all I have. This is a limited supply. I'm on a fixed income. You don't know what's going on. And we hear the word of God and we hear the spirit of God and saying, put me first. And when we honor God, we're always tested. She was a mama tested. Mama, you're going to be tested. Daddy, you're going to be tested. Young people, you're going to be tested. We are all tested. It's a test. What's she going to do with the flour and oil she has left? Was she going to eat it and trust her instincts? Or was she going to make the first one for Elijah and trust God? Was she going to rely on her flesh? Was she going to rely on what her eyes saw? Or was she going to operate in faith and believe the saith the Lord? Was she going to trust God? Or was she going to trust man? Was she going to trust herself? Was she going to trust her containers? Or was she going to trust God? See, we're all tested. It's a test. See, we, we, we have this scale right here in the next two weeks, today and next Sunday. We're going to find out, are we going to go full tilt? Are we going to be fully all in? I'm going to invite... I want you to invite God to be all in for you. How do we invite God to be all in? How do I go all in so I can invite Him to be all in? You see, this mother was tested on what she had left. And, and look what happened. The pancakes kept rolling. Woo! Everybody around. Hey, I, I bet her house began to be known as the International House of Pancakes. Woo! They always have pancakes in their house. We are lacking over here, but she's never lacking. What's the secret? How did she do it? How did she always have enough? Even in famine. Even in a bad economy. Even when things are not right all around us. How did her house always have enough? How can your house always have She was tested. You see, the, the oil... The flower, it's a picture of our income. It's a picture of our check. Our, our week. How, many, how many gets paid once a week? How many gets paid every two weeks? Okay, let me start over. I want you to raise your hand. How many gets paid every week? There we go. How many gets paid every two weeks? How many gets paid once a month? How many just wish you got paid sometimes? You see, every time you get paid, it's a test. Who? You're, you're tested on two things. Who am I going to thank? And who am I going to trust? A am I going to thank Bank of America? 
Am I going to thank Southside? Southside think, should thank me. I give them a check every month. Multiple. Am I going to thank the utility company? Am I going to thank Verizon? You see, the banks are big, but they're not big enough to give me financial freedom. Who am I going to thank? And who am I going to trust? What is financial freedom? Financial freedom, we think about financial freedom, and first of all, the first thing that comes to our mind is more money. If I had more money, I could do more. I'd have more freedom. If I had more money, I'd be a better mom. I'd be a better dad. If I had better, more money, I'd be a better parent. If I had more money, I'd be a better husband. I could buy my wife more things. If I was a better... If I had more money, Pastor... Oh, if I had more money, I'd bless the church. You see, we think more is better. But... Yes, there it is. If, if that's the case, if more is better then that means the people with the most money in the world are the happiest people. Is that true? No. Uh, if, if the people with the most money, they, they have the best marriages. The ones that have the most money, they have the best kids. And you know what? We could just keep going down the line and down and down. You see, more is not the secret. We're tested on what we have. It's not about more money. It's not about the big stack or the little stack. So you said, let, let's just take $1,000. Let's say we make, you make $1,000 a week. Don't get excited. That's just... And that may be what you make a week. You may make more, you may make less. There's a thousand dollars. So you you get your check, you have a thousand dollars, and you're happy. Woo! That tip my scales are tipped. I'm blessed, I'm prosperous. But can I tell you today, it's not the big stack that counts. It's the little stack. What am I talking about? You see, the small stack is the tithe. No, what, what, what is a tithe? A tithe is 10%. So if you make $1,000, what's your tithe? That don't make any sense, Pastor. How does the little stack tip the scales over the big stack? You see, you, you, you say, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> you mean I, I make a thousand, I owe ten, and I owe a hundred to the Lord, I get to keep 
900. Pastor, you don't understand. I can't live on 900. I can't even live on 1,000. I live on 120%. I live on what I have, and then we put a little bit on the credit card. Did you know that's how most Americans live? But I'm telling you today, the small stack will tip the scales in your favor and make the 900 go further than the 1,000 ever could. I, I know what you're thinking. Pastor, I don't know what you're smoking. But that don't work. That just don't work. You don't understand. Let me tell you something. What I understand is this is not natural. What you can't do in the natural, God does in the supernatural. There's no way. I know you can't do it naturally. I know you can't do it in yourself. You cannot put a pencil and paper to it. If you ask your financial advisor, he'll tell you it doesn't work. But it is a principle with God. Make me a pancake first. And she always had enough. She was a mama tested. She didn't see that she had enough to eat for the rest of her life. She only saw she had enough to eat one meal. But when she trusted, when she gave the first pancake, then there was always enough. When she took, and next week, I'm going to teach you something so important. The law of first. The importance of first. And we're going to talk, you, don't, you do not want to miss it. But... I'm telling you, when this happens, when you trust God, when you say, God, you first, something supernatural happens. It's not because it's not what she saw, it was what she didn't see. It's not what you know, it's what you don't know. It's faith that moves God, not need. You say, Pastor, you don't understand. I need all of this. But your need does not move the hand of God. It's your faith and your obedience that moves the hand of God. When you put Him first in the small stack, when you pass the test, you find out what happens. Malachi chapter 3 I'm going to read it today out of two different versions. But first, I'm going to get my glasses. <laughs> so let's look at it in King James. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 through verse 12. Will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithe and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse because you've robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And prove me. Everybody say, prove me. Prove me now there herein, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there shall not be enough room to receive it. 
And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations, and all nations shall call you blessed. For ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Let's look at this same scripture in the New Living. Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithe and the offerings due to me. You are under a curse. For your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant. For I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall off from the vine before they're ripe, saith the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations shall call you blessed, for you are such a delight, saith the Lord of heaven's armies. Bring ye all the tithe into the house of God, into the church, into the temple. He's at the, the storehouse. That's Old Testament church. Why does it... Why? Does it say bring and not give? Because tithe is returning. Somebody needs to get that. He didn't say give your tithe. He said bring your tithe. Tithe is returning to God what is His. If, if, if I let you drive, Brother John, I let you borrow my truck for two weeks. And after two weeks, you come and say, Pastor, I want to give you a truck. You can't give me that truck. It's my truck. You are returning what's mine. Jacob was telling me yesterday about one of his employees. He couldn't find his phone charger. He looked all over for it. He couldn't find it. They got in the truck and his employee threw this charger down. Jacob looked at it. He said, That's your charger? He said, Yeah, you need it. You need to borrow it. Jacob said, Yeah. He said, uh, Where'd you get it? He said, I found it in the office. <laughs> he said, I asked around, but... Nobody knew whose it was. Jacob said, you didn't ask me. He said, oh, is it yours? He said, yes, it's mine. That's how we are. Oh, oh, God, do you need to borrow some of my money? God's like, that's not your money. That's my money. You're not doing me a favor. You are just returning what's rightfully mine. And if you don't return what's mine, now you have cheated me. You have robbed me. And I, I don't know about you. I don't think it's a good thing to cheat and rob God. It ain't a good thing to cheat and rob anybody. But it's just like taking a gun and sticking in his ribs and saying, stick them up. 
you, you, you can't, you return what's God's. See, what, what you have is His. Your physical ability to work is because of Him. Your mind functions and you come up with ideas and solutions and opportunities because of Him. Your heart's beating because of Him. Amen. You did not wake up this morning on your own. God woke you up. And some people didn't wake up. Every day is God's. Everything we have is God's. God could have asked for 90% and left us with 10. It's a blessing He just asked for 10. If you want to enjoy it though, if you want to have more, if you want to be blessed, because the Bible says it's God who maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. If you get it ill, if you get it illegally, if you steal it, you're not going to have joy. You see, it can money can divide or it can bring together. If it's blessed, it'll do what it's meant to do. If it's cursed, it's going to fall apart, everything you do with it. I don't know about you, but I want mine blessed. Everything I have, blessed. I want to return to God what's His. I'll put my hand of blessing, the Lord said, on the 90%, and it'll go further than that 100% could have ever gone. You say, how does that work? I don't know. It's supernatural. I tell you all the time, I don't know how a black cow eats green grass and gives white milk, but it just works. And it's good. And it's good with pancakes. Haven't done this in a while, but every now and then we go to IHOP. And when we get there, we order those pancakes. Of course, I get the two times, two times, two. Two eggs, two bacon, two pancakes, and hash brown. That's making me hungry right now. And I ask for the hot syrup. And then I... Ask a strange request. Ma'am, sir, I need you to go pour me a glass of chocolate milk right now. And I need you to go put it in the freezer and leave it there until my pancakes come out. Then bring me my milk. And it comes out and the glass is all frosty and it's icy and it's ice cold and ice cold chocolate milk just goes good with pancakes. I know some of y'all are going to IHOP for lunch. Breakfast for lunch. He says, bring it to the storehouse. And I know some of you, there's many of you that are saying, whoo, preach it, pastor. You're, you're clapping because you know the principle. You've put it to the test. He said, try me. This is the only scripture that God said, prove me and see if I won't. But so many of you haven't put him to the test yet. You haven't tried him. The reason many of you are shouting and hollering and clapping is because you've put him to the test. You've tried him and you found him to be faithful. And you realize you've learned the law that 90% goes further. The big stack is blessed because of the little stack. It's the little stack that tips the scales. It's when you go full tilt. It's when you honor God in the small stack. God said... All this other stuff is good. Christian school's good. Food pantry's good. 
uh, all these charities, uh, Samaritans, all these charities, they're good. But generosity starts at 11%. You don't tithe to the people on TV. You tithe to your storehouse. You tithe to your local church. You tithe where you're being fed. That's God's plan A. He said it's the church. I went to Christian school a couple of years. Thank God for it. Straighten me up. I went to a Christian college. Thank God. It's a blessing. But that's not where I pay my tithe. I pay my tithe to the storehouse and then anything over and above. I give my short stack. I take my 10% and I give to God. And I show God that I know how to handle His money. Then anything of the 90 that I want to give to the poor, give to Manor House, give to this, give to that. That's now showing God I know how to handle my money. I can show God that I know how to handle my money. He'll give me more to handle. Because he said, if you will be faithful in little, I'll make you ruler over much. Amen? Your tithe is a divine portion of God's divine mission. Your tithe is a divine portion of God's divine mission. What does the Bible say? Ephesians 3.10. It says God's purpose in all of this was to use the church. What's that word? Church. The ecclesia. The church. What, what, what's he want to use the church for? To display his witness. In its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. God uses the church to reveal himself to the world. Did you know that the church still feeds more people in the world than all the other uh, entities together? We still, the church in general all over the world, still does more in natural disasters than the government. It's still the church. If it wasn't for the church, people are so against the church. And we live in a time now where they think all the churches, they're just greedy. They're just trying to get your money. We're not trying to get anything from you. I'm trying to get something to you. And it's why I have to tell you the truth. I have to teach you the Word of God. So who's, what's your God? Is your God the big stack or the little stack? Who do you trust? Who do you think? He says, he says if you'll live like this, and, and, and you don't bring your tithe, you don't return what's God, you're stealing from me. You say, well, now, no, no, Pastor, wait a minute. I, I, I understand all that. And, uh, but, but wasn't that in the Old Testament? Malachi, that's the Old Testament. Last book, Old Testament. But uh, tithing, that's not a New Testament thing. We don't live under the Old Testament. We, we live by grace. Oh, I, I, mean, I, I shout amen to that. Thank God for grace. But if you were blessed under the law by giving, when it was... You didn't, you died. 
how much more can we be blessed when we do it willingly? You see, when Jesus came, he didn't make things easier. He made it harder. He didn't lower the bar. He raised the bar. When he said, thou shalt not murder. Just this, this week I'm reading, I'm, I'm, I'm in all the law where Moses just went to the mountain. And while he's up on the mountain, the people go, where's that Moses guy? And they threw a big party, made him an idol. And God said, you got to get back down there. They're going crazy. God killed a whole bunch of them that day. But when he brought that law back, one of them said, Thou shalt not kill, not don't murder. Jesus came along and Jesus said, Murder's not just the physical act of taking a life. Jesus said, If you hold unforgiveness and bitterness to towards someone, you've murdered them already in your heart. Ooh. There's a bunch of murderers in here. Some of you might be sitting by a murderer. Jesus came along and said, The law said thou shalt not commit adultery. And everybody's like, Ooh, I ain't done that. Jesus came along and said, If you look at a woman and undress her in your mind, you've committed adultery already. Now see, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. Because we'd have a whole bunch of mad wives in here. And then I'd probably have to raise my hand and that would be embarrassing. So we're not going to do that. I probably did that one time in my life. Somewhere down the line as a man. But Jesus said. He didn't. You see he didn't lower the bar. He raised it. Jesus told the. Pharisees, Luke chapter 11. He said, what sorrow awaits you, Pharisees? For you're careful to tithe. Even the tiniest income from your herb garden. But you ignore justice and the love of God. I want you to look what Jesus said next. Red letters. You should Tithe. Jesus didn't change it. He didn't say, oh, that's not necessary. That was old law. He said, you should tithe. But do not neglect these more important things. He said, don't tithe and be a jerk. Don't tithe and go out and be unkind. Don't tithe and then go live like a heathen. He said, you should tithe. But don't be unjust. Don't forget to love God. You can't just bring the tithe and then go out and do anything you want to do. You still need to honor God, obey the commandments. You still need to live a life worthy of Jesus Christ. So I want to challenge you. 
I'm going to ask you for the next 90 days, if you're not a tither, and I can tell you, we don't have 100%. There's a lot of you that honor God and you, you, you pay every week and you pay your tithe. And then some of you just tithe, you just tip God. We'll talk about that next week. What's the law of the first? And what, what does it all mean? What does it require? What, what am I doing? What am I not doing? Because listen, you want to get this right. If you get it right, I, I want to teach you, tell you what this short stack is. And which one he wants. We're going to talk about the law first next week. But I want to challenge you. In the next 90 days, would you do what he said? Prove me. Try me. And see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. Now, you, you, you can't tithe and then go out and, and, and live crazy. Because tithe, what God says that he'll do is that he will supply your needs. Not necessarily all your wants. I'm telling you, you, next week you can't give your tithe and then expect the Lord to give you a Lamborghini or Aster Martin or um, pa- Pastor Marcello. He just showed me. He loves, um, he just showed me. It's a good deal too. Amazing. I think he should get it. Uh, because it, it, it has a salvage title, but it is amazing. It's an awesome Lamborghini. It's just two hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, that's all. It's a good deal. Listen, you 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 think okay, I, I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna give God, and then all of a sudden, I'm gonna have miracles. This one's gonna be raised. My business is gonna come out just because you honor God. This is. What you do because you're in relationship with God. It's covenant with God. It doesn't mean that you're never going to have problems in your family. It doesn't mean that your kids won't act up. It doesn't mean that you won't get a divorce. It won't mean that your car won't break down or somebody gets sick. What it does do is it it guarantees you like the little lady. There was always enough. Every time she went to write out her bills, there was not enough money to pay all the bills with the big stack. But she honored God with the first. Make me a pancake first. Sir, you don't understand. There's not enough. I understand that. But listen to what God says. If you make me a pancake first, you will always have enough. She made him a pancake first. And the Bible says that her and her family and Elijah ate every day for the remainder of that famine. I want to challenge you to the next 90 days to start tithing. Take 10% of what you make every week, two weeks, month, and honor God. And at the end of the 90 days... I want you to come tell me what you've seen. Is there any difference? I I am not guaranteeing you nothing. But I just read you the scripture where God said, Try me. Prove me. And see if I won't do it. But the problem is, we usually don't put God to the test. So he has nothing to prove.
Just skip that whole next page. Let's look at what happened in the story. Number three. She was a mama that was afraid. She was a mama that was tested. Number three, she was a mama that receives the supply. How many wants to, be a, wants to be a mama that receives full supply? I mean, your kids are taken care of. Your household's taken care of. First Kings 17, 15. She said, so she did as Elijah said. And her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough in her containers. Now, you don't have a container, but you got a bank account. Do you want there to always be enough? Because what happens is you not, I'm not promising you a million dollars, but what I'm promising you is when you honor God, when you give God first, when you start writing out the bills, somehow there'll be enough. There may not be none left over, but God promised you that there would be enough. It's supernatural. There'd been no rain, there's no water, there's no crops, there's no olives, there's no grain, there's no flour. There's no natural solution to her problem, but God doesn't need natural things. He's a supernatural God. And He supplies supernaturally. You're trying to solve a natural, a supernatural problem with natural means. You're trying to figure it out on the calculator. It don't work. But when you honor God, God does what God does best. And we just sang it a while ago. You do miracles so great. Right in the middle of a drought. Bad economy. Inflation. Everything happened. I don't make enough money. And God saw to it that she had oil without any olives. She had flour without any grain. It just showed up. Somebody say, God's good. I, I've heard it said like this, and I, I say it's a true statement. If God can get it through you, God can get it to you. She was a mama that received the supply. She was a mama that was tested. She was a mama that was afraid. And the last point, she was a mama who experienced the promise. You see, just because you do what God says do doesn't mean you all won't have any problems. See, that's, that's why I love the Bible. The Bible doesn't try to hide anything from you. If I was making the story up, if this was not true, then you would not put this part in there. Because you'd go, wait a minute. You mean you can trust God and still have problems? Yes. She obeyed God. She gave the man of God, Elijah, type of Jesus. He, she gave him one first. God did us a miraculous supply. Her son ate. They did not die. Years went by. And then her son did die. That ain't right. God, how could you allow this to happen? I did what you asked me to do. I mean, this guy, he came to my house. He said this. I, I, I even put him up. He's living here. He's a freeloader. I've been feeding him every day. 
And he told me God would supply all of my needs. That pastor told me that if I would put God to the test, he would do it. And now look what happened. The child died. She comes to Elijah. She's mad. Naturally so. This is not right. Why did this happen? But he took the child. Remember, Elijah is a type of Jesus. He took that child and laid him out, and he laid his hands upon his hands, his chest upon his chest, his legs upon his legs. I'm telling you, this is the first supernatural act of CPR. And he put his mouth on his mouth, and he breathed into him, and nothing happened. And then he did it again. And he said, God, you need to go read it for yourself. God, this lady has put her trust in you. She has done what you, she's asked, you've asked her to do. And now she's desperate. She's believing for a miracle. And on the third time, he breathed life. The Bible says he blushed. His cheeks turned rosy. The blood, the heart began to beat. The blood came back into his body. And he carried the boy back down and said, Hey, mama, here's your boy alive. Somebody ought to clap for joy for that. You see, sometimes the son dies. Sometimes bad things happen and we get upset. But you've got to understand that God is able. That when we trust God, when we believe God, and when we put God first, when we trust in the small stack and not in what we have, but we trust in God's supply, it's those times when we feel lifeless and dead that Jesus puts His hands, those nail-scarred hands, on our hands. And He puts His chest on our chest. And we feel his heartbeat and his legs on our legs. And he breathes the breath of life into us and we become a living soul again. He can bring life back to death situations. But we've got to trust him. So many people, they say, I tried that. No, 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 no. It's not something you try. It's something you just do because you're in relationship and it's obedience and it's not a trial period now I've given you a challenge but I know what's going to happen and when you learn this principle and you obey and honor God you'll never stop I missed a tithe one time in my life I was a teenager I started tithing when I started working I started working in junior high with Debbie's father, Brother Brady, scraping floors. High school, I got out in my 10th, 11th grade, 12th grade, I got out early, went to work. Mom and Daddy taught me to tithe. I gave God. But one time, one week, I, 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 did, I don't know if I had a car payment, I don't know what I had, but for some reason, I didn't tithe. And that week... I got a ticket that cost me double what my tithe would have been. See, when you think you can't afford to, you can't afford not to. 
We, I was sitting with my, my, my cousin Raymond. His wife just passed away. We had her funeral last week, 95. They've been married 77 years. He sat beside her, and we sat there on a Sunday. Me and Amy and Paul and Debbie were there in the family. And uh, she is getting so close to heaven. And he began to tell me. He began to tell her all about heaven and what she was going to see. And, oh, he got teary-eyed and said, I wish I was going with you. And he began to tell me about their life and their marriage. They were married 77 years. And he said, we only miss tithing. And we weren't talking about tithing. She's getting ready to go to heaven. But he's talking about the faithfulness of God. He said, we missed the tithe one time in our marriage. And everything in the world bad happened that week. And we've never missed a tithe since. He was a very prosperous, very blessed man. And helped start a wonderful church here in town and ministry. He was a big supporter the gospel but he knew a secret of putting God first he had children die he had grandchildren die he had a lot of bad things happen in their life but he never stopped putting God first it's a principle and once you get it once you learn it, once you see it in action. I'll tell you one more story. Had a man tell me one time, he wasn't a tither, but I asked him to prove God. He started tithing. God prospered. He began to get jobs. He began to get raises. He began to make more and more. And this stack, this stack grew. And this stack grew to the point that he said, that's too much. I can't afford to give that much to God. So he didn't. And God, and I say, I don't say it flippantly, it was God, put him back down in a position that he could afford. It wasn't good. He don't go to here anymore. He doesn't tithe anymore. And his life is a wreck. Don't, 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 don't be that. Don't do that. Out of love, out of relationship, full tilt. Is this your God? Do you want God to go full tilt? You want God to go all in for you? You want to be all in for God? Honor Him. Next week, I'm going to teach you something that if you'll get, it'll trans, it'll change your life. That maybe you've never thought about about it in the law of the first. Heavenly Father, today I want to say thank you, Lord. I know. That this is not a shout and holler and amen, jump and run it because. But if we truly understand it, this is the greatest message outside of salvation 
that we could ever get. Because this will change our life. Because if we'll give you the first pancake, we'll always have enough. We may not be millionaires. We may not have everything we want. But we'll always have enough. There will be a supernatural supply. Lord, I'm asking you right now to stir people's hearts and let people today, if they're not a tither, if they're not honoring God as of today with the full 10% of what you bless them with, if they're not returning unto you full tithe, I pray today that you'll challenge their heart, that they'll hear this word, that they'll say, okay, God, I'll put you to the test over the next 90 days. I'm going to try it. And your word says, you'll prove yourself faithful. So I just ask you, Lord, to do a supernatural work in their hearts, in their lives. I thank you, Lord, they want to be all in for you. You can tithe and still go to hell. Because tithing doesn't get you to heaven. Only salvation. Only Jesus Christ. Christ, only his death, his burial, and resurrection, and your faith in him will get you to heaven. So today, you say, Pastor, I, I'm not all in for God. You got to be all in for God. I, I need to give him my heart. If that's you, if you're in this building, you're watching me on camera, you've never gone all in for God. Today I'm asking you to pray with me and say, Dear Lord Jesus, today I give you my whole heart. I give you my life. I confess that I'm a sinner. I've sinned. I've failed. But I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross for me and rose again, and you are coming back, and I want to be ready. Today, I give my life to Jesus. Today, I go all in. And I ask you, Lord, teach me. And I ask you to go all in for me. Father, I thank you right now, supernatural work. This is, can't be done naturally. It's supernatural. You take red blood and apply it to a black sinful heart and make it white as snow. Father, right now, by their faith and their convection, con confession, they are born again. They're no longer lost, but they're found. They are children of the Most High God on their way to heaven. Now, Father, I pray that you would teach them, teach us, teach me to honor you with all we have and to put you first. God, you gave your best. Help me to give my best. Help me to return to you what is naturally yours. And let me see your power at work in my life. Father, I thank you for this word today. And I pray it will take root and grow up. And I'm going to put it into practice. In Jesus' name. Everybody said a big amen. amen. Come on, give Jesus a big hand clap.